0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson.
1: Hello, Katie. Hi there. Coming up today on the show, we have a little must-hear music with Billboard Deputy Editor Digital, Joe Lynch. As always, the Billboard
0: Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop. That's P O P on billboards weekly charts in addition you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news fun chart stats and stories new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop
1: today on the show we've got must hear music Joe and the team will be chatting about their thoughts on Lord's new album, Melodrama, and much more. So stick around for that in just a moment. But first, before we
0: get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode. And give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, you can always tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or at KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard and why the heck would you not want to, or would you not want to, or would you want to, huh. I think that you, you get the idea, visit itunes.com slash Billboard podcasts. Um, now that I've mangled that, let's move on to the important part of the show. Uh, Katie, Melodrama is Lord's sophomore album. And this may sound a bit weird, but do you have any favorite sophomore albums?
1: I do. I feel like the sophomore slump is sort of a myth, really, when you look at a lot of great bands in the past. But uh, one of my favorite albums of all time and my favorite album by this band is Pinkerton by Weezer, which is their second album. Oh. And uh, the band themselves at the time were not super pleased with the album and the reception to the album, but now historically look back on it fondly, hmm. and fa- the fandom is obsessed with it. Um, it oh. just wasn't a huge commercial success after the Blue Album. Was there like any hits at all on Pinkerton? Not really. I mean they they had uh, El Scorcho and uh, Good Life, which yeah, were no. ones that got played on. Uh, uh, what else? The sweater song? No, that was on Blue Album. Never mind. Um, but, uh, they got some play on MTV and, but not really radio play hmm. like they had on their, Oh wait, am I missing something big? No, I, everything, I'm like, everything that I'm thinking of is on the blue album. All hmm. their, their big early hits. Wow. Yeah. How
0: about you, Keith? Well, I was actually having a hard time with this cause I was thinking, you know, I immediately thought of Madonna because Madonna's my go-to. But um, as much as I love Like a Virgin, which is her second album, like, I actually kind of like some of her later albums more. And I did want to say, oh, it's like a favorite. So I'm like, eh. And then I was thinking, like, what about Stevie Wonder or Prince? I'm like, well, actually, they kind of like got the ball rolling a little bit farther into their mm-hmm. career. So I ended up picking a personal favorite uh, of mine, Duran Duran's Rio, which was their second album. Uh, it's hands down a classic it's got the title track, it has Hunger Like the Wolf, Save a Prayer, Hold Back the Rain, just, just tons
1: and tons of great, great songs, and it's just a really great
0: album. It holds together really well, and it still just sounds
1: great today. Well, I'd say we should check in with the Must Hear Music team and see if Lord's sophomore album is just as good.
2: Hello, welcome to the Must Hear Music podcast. My name is Joe Lynch, and I'm sitting here with Lindsay Havens. Hello. And Jason Lipschitz. What's up, man? Hey guys, so let's talk wow. about uh, the week's. Let's start off with the week's big release, Lord's melodrama.
3: Ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. and
2: Jason, you just saw her play an intimate
3: New York show. I right? Did yeah, she played Bowery Ballroom, it and was how was that? Lovely. It was great. It was an awesome show. Uh, I love seeing Lord live. Mm-hmm. And did she uh, only do
4: the new album or old stuff? No, too?
3: she did um, every song on the. I think she did nine out of the eleven songs on the new album, and then I think she did probably. Four old ones so yeah cool um it flew by i think she only played for like an hour but uh yeah it was it was amazing she did writer in the dark at the oh, end mm-hmm. with uh no microphone she just shushed everybody in the entire crowd wow and and sang it um sang it uh without a mic it was great that's cool yeah it was very very cool
2: yeah well anyway so yeah so the album melodrama um I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much background we really need to give on Laura. She had, you know, she had an enormous hit with She's Royals from New Zealand. Four years ago. <laughs> She's from New Zealand. Um, broke out as a teenager. Now she is twenty. Right? She's twenty. She's twenty. This is her sophomore album. Uh, the first one was made with Joel Little. This one is made primarily with Jack Antonoff. Yep. Um. There's a little bit of his sonic footprint on it, but I think I mean, what really I love this album, and I think what makes it work is is 100% her. It's her voice and her, the detail in her songwriting, um, and the fact that it's a pop album. We were kind of talking about this in the office, but there's kind of like a rise in like alt pop, mm-hmm. and this is definitely like it falls into the pop category, but the construction of it is very albumy. Like, the songs yeah. aren't contained songs. They kind of seek into, like, different motifs that tend to recur. Um, it's weird, to, you know, it's weird for a pop star to put out an album that's an album, really. Yeah. Like, there are very... Like, obviously, Greenlight's a single, but it's it's not a, a, a typical pop single, and very little on the album comes across that way. Like, I don't think there's anything on it you would listen to and think, well, this is a, a clear top ten. Uh, but the highlight for me is The Louvre, definitely. I think... Uh, it just has like, I love midway through. Um, it's kind of like a synth. It starts out with like heavy bass synths that seem to kind of be coming through. Um, almost the synths sound like they're coming through like busted speakers, like you mm-hmm. blew them out because you were playing it too loud, and the synths are coming through uh, the broken speakers. Uh, then they cut out, and there's this beautiful, like, ringing guitar just in this very, like, open space. Um, and then it goes into this kind of, like, atmospheric, almost, like, flaming lipsy. And, um, and the lyrics are just, like, the first lyric is incredible. It's, well, summer slipped us underneath her tongue. Just is one of those great phrases. Yeah. Um, and there's another great lyric that I really liked where she's talking about, like, this couple – Uh, her and this other person how they're beautiful and how they end up in the Louvre because they're so beautiful together Um, and then she adds in an aside uh, we're down in the back as in back of the Louvre but who cares still the Louvre Mm -hmm. Um, and that also really struck me as a very Taylor Swiftian line um, just kind of like
4: Anne Powers also compared a lot of the album to Taylor Swift.
2: Really? Yeah. I love Anne Powers, but it I haven't read her. If it wasn't take her, on it,
4: she at least posted about it on Facebook. I don't know mm-hmm. if she wrote it, but were you Facebook friends with her? I just follow
2: her. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Ann, if you're
4: listening, but I mean, yeah, the
2: expect- songwriting detail is very Swiftian, yeah. um, which is a great thing because I think personally Taylor Swift is like the best pop songwriter we have of this generation. Um, but anyways, I've babbled about it enough. What, what do you guys think of either the song, The Louvre, or just the album as a whole?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Lord and her songwriting. Um, I would, I, you know, Pure Heroin is, is just an album that I, I think is so worth returning to because it's just really, I, obviously I like the production, but, but it's all about the writing. It's all about the turns of phrase and, and kind of the... the the persona she presents on that album, and obviously she's grown up, and it's been four years. Uh, and what melodrama does to me is explore these different themes of heartbreak and loneliness, and figuring out where you are at a party. And it, it's very, it's very specific uh, in in a lot of different places, but it's also very universal. And yeah, I I love um, there. There are just moments that really stand out to me. Like I remember like the, hearing that beat drop on uh Sober Two which it's just mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite parts and, and uh Supercut I just think is is such a strong like kind of uh pop like ode to those kind of fleeting moments that, that you put together when a relationship ends. Yeah, it's um, a lot of great imagery too. Yeah, so, I mean it's I, I'm still kinda of digging into it, but uh I I I feel like at this point, look, she may not have have another big hit ever. Uh, she certainly doesn't have a big hit on this album yet. But I think that she's the type of artist that is going to be around for a while. And, uh, and a lot of people – I'm just, like, more than anything, I'm really happy that people are appreciating this album and, and her. Because, like, I was such a huge fan of the last album, but it seemed so focused on Royals, and mm-hmm. understandably so, that kind of – you know, the the album, the first album didn't get the type of acclaim that I that I thought it deserved. But it seems like this album is kind of making up for that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's great. What do you think, Lynn's?
4: Well, I would say Writer in the Dark is probably my favorite. I also still love Liability. That song is the writing. Everything about it is very incredible to me. And I will say because the songwriting there is a lot to digest there. It really helped to see her live. I'm sure she didn't have the big production when she did the small show. No.
3: Yeah, but, but she did it. I saw her at Bonnaroo uh, last weekend. And uh, mm, right. yeah, it was the same kind of thing. So
4: Right, like that like clear box. Yeah, well, apparently anything. it
3: was different between Governor's Ball and Bonnaroo. She did have, oh, interesting. Because like, it was the same had, at Coachella. Yeah, she had choreography, uh, but not but not the box. Mm. I heard about the box, but I I did not experience the box.
4: Well, it definitely helps contextualize the album and like the themes that you mentioned of like figuring out your place at a party and all of that. So that was helpful for me at least. But yeah, still digging in.
2: Still and so you mm-hmm. haven't like come to your consensus on the record. I mean, I
4: definitely love it. I just okay. think that there's a yeah. lot I'm probably missing because mm-hmm. the lyrics are like every line almost is something to smirk about. It feels like. Yeah. So and you're a, you're a smirker. I'm you such love a, a good smirker. Smirk. Oh yeah. yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> all right. Well, How many days have we walked into this office and said, "What you smirking about, Lynn <laughs> Right.
4: <laughs> every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Every single day since I started.
3: <laughs> um.
2: Alright, well let's listen to some of it. So let's listen to the song I was talking about, uh the Louvre from Lord's Melodrama.
1: I get caught up, up
2: just for a minute. But love for
4: you the one to blame on you to aim. Can you hear the
1: violence? Make a fuck in my chest.
2: Alright, that was new Lord. Uh, Next up, we're going to do a Lindsay pick. We have uh, SZA from her debut album, Control, Mm -hmm. spelled C-T-R-L. And the song you picked is Drew Barrymore.
4: Yeah, I love this song.
2: I love it, too. And more importantly, I love Drew Barrymore. So So does SZA.
4: Yeah. Um, I was reading about why she picked Drew Barrymore, of all people, and she was just saying, like, she's quirky and fun and never really tried to fit any mold, and that definitely is who SZA is, I think. But this Mm -hmm. song in particular, like, I've listened to the album all the way through a bunch, and this one stands out to me by far, just because, like, the woman-enough, woman-enough for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the little play there, it's really catchy, and it gets stuck in my head, and I can relate, you know? Yeah. Well, what, what, yeah, (laughs) what do you think
2: about the, like, lyrics, or what what do you relate to?
4: Um, well, aside from what I just said, (laughs) I'm trying to think about the lyrics now. I don't know. I just it stands out from all the other songs on the album to me. It's like a little more slower and subdued. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I honestly, <laughs> I know she had a couple EPs out before this, and I'd never listened to them. I didn't really know who SZA was.
1: Ooh,
3: you gotta check out. I the know. EPs. So now I sort of have
4: to backtrack Ooh. because I'm really into this album. So. Yeah, I she think got it's
2: it's great, and we did a, a great thing in the magazine, mm-hmm. which I did. think you Edited. Jason, yeah, I did. So yeah, nice John Kennedy.
3: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, John Kennedy. Uh, hung out with SZA, uh the day before the album came out, and and it's been it's been cool. It's kind of spe- along the lines of melodrama. It's been cool to see, you know, the the kind of uh, acclaim this album has has uh, has earned uh, over the past couple weeks. Especially because if there's been so many delays, and you know mm-hmm. she threatened to leak the album or or told Punch from TD to just put it out. She didn't really care anymore um and to see everything kind of have a happy ending i mean she seems kind of like a star now which is certainly which is great yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean but it debuted in the top five of the billboard 200 which is you know it shows that there's an audience for for sisa and uh yeah the i mean the the album is across the board really monumental and I, i think that yeah drew barrymore is just it, it, i i wouldn't even call it like one of my favorite tracks but i, I think that it, it kind of speaks to the heart of the album where you get this immediate sense of her personality and, mm-hmm. and the sound of the album um what is of... your
4: favorite track
3: oh man i don't know i'm gonna have to come back on that
2: okay i would call this oh, my favorite track so yeah uh, so okay. good pick Phew.
3: yeah <laughs> what is your <laughs> okay. what is your uh kind of on, on the spot as well what is your uh respective favorite drew barrymore films
4: um, I don't know if this is my favorite, but the first one that comes to mind is Fever Pitch. I've seen that movie a absurd amount of times. Wow.
2: Fever Pitch, really? Yeah. That's a an interesting one. I know. A tough...
4: I'm gonna regret saying that probably.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Joe? Um Never Been Kissed is the first one That's that comes what I was to mind. Gonna say. But I'm also I want to just quick look through her uh, well here I'm going to talk about um <laughs> Oh the, the weekend. Weekend. So, like, I'm going to talk and about actually wh- the song while you right? do
3: that while you do ta- um, my favorite's the weekend um, Oh okay I forgot about that one yeah I do
4: like
2: that Um I I think yeah this uh, what I really like about this I mean one it's just a great album and she has a really um interesting voice and I think we have a video interview with her on the site um where she just she's just really just an iconoclastic person like she mm-hmm. just is full of ideas and says whatever she's thinking and is very thoughtful and, to her, you know, true to herself. Um, but what I like about it is that this is kind of music in a lot of ways that we, you know, like alt r and has been, like, gaining a lot of momentum, and this certainly falls into that kind of, like, indie r and um, category. You know, the, the kind of old-school horns with the very reverby guitar plucking on this song are definitely kind of, like, the indie version of r and um, but what I love about her voice is that usually when you kind of get the old R&B, those, those singers have tended to be very like breathy and fragile and her voice is like, it's beautiful, but it's borderline raw and there's mm-hmm. a lot of like heft to it. Like it's not a, it's not a fragile voice. It's very strong. And I think that like vocally and lyrically those, like the strength is just something that really stands out about her. Um,
3: borderline raw, the Joe Lynch story. Oh <laughs> my God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, but looking at Drew Barrymore's filmography, oh, I forgot she was in Donnie Darko. I love Donnie Darko. Oh, I mean, me I know too. that's not like her that's movie. not a Drew Barrymore. That's movie. a great movie. I love that one. But yeah, I'd probably go Never Been Kissed. I would say is a good one. You know, I mean, Ever After, sure. Of course, Scream. But you know, these are Ever these are Ever all classics. Heard.
3: Angelica Houston is good in Ever After. Um, Fifty First
4: Dates. <laughs> oh, I no, love was Fifty First. No, I hate that movie. All, you're all wrong. Fifty <laughs> First so Dates
3: is. Awful. Incredible movie. Really. Miserable. Oh my pointless. God. Yeah. You guys are, couldn't be more wrong about that. Uh, Must hear music fans, if you like Fifty oh, First Days, Dates, please tweet Joe and Lindsay. Don't tweet me um, that no. you like no. it.
2: it. was awesome though that she directed and start. well, she was in it, she didn't star in it, but was Whip It. Did you see that? Ellen Page starred I in it. never did The roller see skating, yeah, like competitive rollerblading yeah, roller movie. Yeah, It was so good. You, you should definitely it see it. pretty good. It's really good. Um, Anyways, all right, let's listen walk, to. Please. Yeah, we should do that. Uh, let's listen to SZA. So if you're not familiar, it's spelled S Z A, all caps. Uh, SZA Drew Barrymore.
1: just need to see you.
2: All right, that was new SZA. Uh and next and certainly not least, we have a Jason. Oh, yeah. pick. Uh the song's called Next to Me and it is from Marlene or yes. Marlena, my
3: Marlene. Okay. Don't look yeah. fancy. Um I don't, really, I don't really have – I mean, I picked this song because it's just an awesome pop song. It, I, Marlene is a Swedish artist. Uh, she just put out – As her, all pop artists are. Yeah, like of, course, artists. of course. Of uh, course. She just put out her second EP uh, I think two weeks ago or so. And um, the whole EP is really good. It's actually eight songs, which I think is just like an album. But yeah. they're calling it an EP, that's fine. Cool. More and more Marlene to listen more to Marlene. more Marlene. Uh, but yeah, next to me is the, is the single. Um, I, I, I think a friend of mine passed me this song and I, I, just have been listening to it nonstop for the past couple weeks. Like I listened to this song more than almost any song, uh, over the past month. And, uh, yeah, it's just beautiful and, and kind of speaks to, um, you know, the, the first, like first romance kind of thing where, um, you know, somewhat like infatuation and, and kind of stumbling into getting to know someone. And, uh, yeah, it's just like very cute. And, um, in a, in a way that like it really hits the mark with just being effervescent and bubbly and, and all those kind of things that you feel when you're starting out a relationship. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's got a great voice. And I think it's just the whole vibe of, of, um, the instrumental as well as the chorus it just really speaks to me so yeah marlene let's go let's go marlene Uh, i also uh i should also add i spoke to marlene uh on the phone yesterday for an interview that will be on dober.com uh she was in stockholm when i called um so that's a city shout out to marlene that's
4: riveting what else did she talk about
2: wow (laughs) she talked about stockholm she talked about
4: singing St- singing in Stockholm.
3: Um, wow, I am getting torched on the Mustard Music <laughs> podcast. Um, I don't care. Listen to Marlene's next me, even if you torch me while doing it.
2: I thought it was good. Uh, you were playing this the other day. Uh, Sands Headphones at the office, and I said, "What's that? Turn down that." Ra-. And then I was like, "Hey, this is pretty good." Hey, wait a minute. Uh, um, no, I do, I do like it. Um, I was listening to it a few times today to kind of have actual professional thoughts about it um and it kind of reminds me of the music the kind of music that solange did with dev Hynes. oh that's a, a few great point years ago. yeah um yeah. it has that kind of that same very beauty kind of like slinky bounce to very
3: some very summery yes. very summery
2: yeah it's great no it really yeah. and it's it's very very catchy i would i would heartily endorse
3: this too with. wow all right
2: um what do you think, Lindsay?
3: I don't love it's it. No, it's no local natives. As no I local natives. It's it's no no Jack White. Let
4: me tell you. Yes, all my favorite bands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I mean, it definitely is catchy. It has a summer vibe, like disco pop production almost at yeah. points. Um, I listened to it twice, and then, and I, and then I had to you. run here. That was enough for you. Yeah, actually, but I was listening on YouTube, and then her song. What is it? Sweet? Does she have a song called yes. Sweet? That came on after, and I actually think I might like that song okay. a
3: little more. I think that's on the new EP. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so I could be a Marlene fan. All TBD.
3: Right. Yeah. You could so all out. be. <laughs> um,
2: all right, well, let's, let's listen to it. So, this, this uh, half, two thirds acclaimed pop jam, Marlene's Next to Me. To be Right, that was Marlene, and that's a quick one from us because I think we're going to get kicked out of this room in a second. Um, But coming (laughs) behind the curtain, there, right there, yeah, exactly. Uh, We're a podcast crew on the run. Um, Next one, I think we're going to talk about. So the uh, uh, special, well, it's not special edition, whatever they're calling it. um, Purple Rain, they're re-releasing with a Mm. ton of previously unreleased materials. So I think being purple rain is one of my all-time favorite albums i think we'll talk about that a little bit all right um yeah. and in the unreleased material realm you have to be excited that yep. white stripes icky yep. thump is coming out there but that's oh, wow. that is wow. exciting because the stripes have they never really shared a lot of like behind the scenes stuff yeah so, not at all so you must be like a why well, I, I was gonna say kid in a candy store but that's sure. a cliche that
4: is a cliche i was gonna think of a pun but i can't yeah
2: how many copies of Jack White's Third Man Records <laughs> book do you
4: have now? I have two, but I will get more. <laughs> yeah.
1: We got to get Dan.
3: We got to get Dan for the Prince. We should. Uh, yeah. yeah. He'll have many thoughts.
2: Yeah. Dan yeah, Rice, our, our biz man, does love Prince, too. Um, but yeah. So is there anything else coming up that you guys are excited about?
3: Tune in next week to find out. <laughs>
2: Excellent
4: <All right>. tease.
2: <laughs> nice tease there. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, tweet any song of the summer, Rex. Uh, you have favorite at us. Drew Barrymore movies.
4: Favorite Drew
3: Barrymore yeah. movies. Tweeted Joe and Lindsay about Fifty First Dates. The, I can't believe you guys don't like that movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's that so good. Sucks. It's terrible. Oh my yeah. god! I saw it
2: in theaters and really considered walking out. Really? I there mean, are maybe so not.
3: many worse. movies. I love
2: that the Cars song "Drive" is in it because I love that song. <laughs> but that was but
3: otherwise, it. you didn't tear up at the end. No. I definitely teared up at the end.
2: Heart of gold. I mean, glass. I mean, stone. But, I don't know what I'm talking about. Turn all right. off his all, mic. all great songs. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you for listening. Bye. Uh, we'll catch you next time.